Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Yes. Yes. We're going to open up today with more liberal hypocrisy. Yes. Nailed to the wall again. The biggest frauds out there. Liberals every single time. They don't stand for anything. Anything. Ever. (laughs) Joe, I'm like, poor Joe. Usually you start with a welcome to the Dan Bongino Show, but sometimes I get really excited about the topic. So welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today, Uh, my good friend? We're rolling right along with it. Whatever you throw out there, we can handle it. Okay? Yeah, I know you can. I know you can. It's the greatest audience ever. Show listenership is exploding. You guys and ladies are the best. So let me give you a bit of a rundown what we're going to do today. So I want to open up the show again with more fraudulent, phony, fake, liberal hypocrisy. You know, we're socialists. We hate capitalism. You're a multimillionaire. Not me. I was talking about the other guy. I got more of that on Bernie and Liz Warren. So that's good. I've got uh, some breaking news on immigration, which is huge. A huge announcement by the Trump team. And... Another bombshell appearance by John Solomon last night on Hannity that oh, I'm, I got to yeah. tell you, even for the mainstream media, right, Joe? Yeah. I'm, I'm stunned they ignored what he said last yeah. night. Don't worry. I will give it to you in the digestible bits you need to take it and run with it. All right, let's get right to one quick announcement. I will be on Hannity this Friday, guest hosting for Sean. As always, I, with great respect and humility, ask you to tune in or DVR it mm-hmm. and watch the show. You've always made us number one uh, when, when I guest host. I will be on 9 p.m. this Friday on Fox, filling in for Sean. Please don't miss it. Thank All you right. very much from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate it. All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at ExpressVPN. Do not get online without ExpressVPN.com. Visit expressvpn.com slash Bongino. You'll get three extra months free with a 12-month plan. Why do you need ExpressVPN? Uh, Listen, wouldn't it be nice if search engines and social media sites were unbiased platforms that didn't choose a political site? Yeah, yeah that'd be great. <laughs> In a fantasy <laughs> land. Keep dreaming. In 2016, the tech elites at Google bragged about donating millions of dollars to Hillary. These big tech companies push their political agenda and restrict the free speech rights of conservatives. These are the very same corporations we're trusting to handle our personal data online. I don't want them using my web history, email data, or video searches against me. That's why we use, in the Bongino household, ExpressVPN every time we go online. Big tech companies can match your internet activity to your IP address uh, by or locating using your public mm-hmm. IP address. When I use ExpressVPN, these tech companies can't see my IP address at all. My identity is masked and anonymized by a secure VPN server. Nice. Plus, ExpressVPN is the added benefit of encrypting 100% of your data to keep you safe from hackers and internet baggers. Not 80%, 100%. Does that sound complicated? Well, it's not. Don't worry about uh-uh. it. I promise. ExpressVPN software takes a minute to set up on your computer or phone. You tap one button, you're protected. It really is that simple. Listen, if I can figure it out, you can figure it out. If you're like me, you believe your internet data belongs to you and not the tech elites, ExpressVPN is the answer. Here we go. Protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months free. Three months free at ExpressVPN.com slash Bongino. That's ExpressVPN.com slash Bongino for three months free with a one-year package. Visit Express vpn.com slash Bongino to learn more. Don't miss out. All right, let's go. And they're off. <laughs> nice. Okay. And yeah. <laughs> we were talking about horse racing before the show, <laughs> Joe and I. So folks, uh, before we get to the, <coughs> excuse me, before we get to the material today, <laughs> I enjoy pointing out liberal hypocrisy, not because um, I think it's, it's, it's funny or adds a comedic to, although sometimes it does yeah. to the show, but to show you that 
on the arc of history, you're on the right side of it. If you're a conservative libertarian or a good Republican out there that believes in things like liberty, big art, God-given rights, economic freedom, healthcare freedom, and education freedom, you are not a hypocrite. You are on the right. What you believe in, you practice what you practice, you believe in, and what you believe in, you believe for you and you believe in for others. That is not the case for liberals. It is a fraudulent political system. This matters. Because as we debate in the 2020 election, the micro and the macro are going to matter. The micro matters. In other words, we should be arguing the micro portions. We should be arguing tax policies. We should be arguing uh, Obamacare versus free market capitalism, Mm -hmm. student loans taken over by the government versus student loans in the free market. Yes, those issues matter. But we should also be arguing the umbrella issues too. Economic freedom. Uh, economic liberty, healthcare liberty and freedom. And the fact that we should be pointing out as well that liberals are generally frauds. In other words, if their system is so effective, why don't they practice it themselves? Yeah. Why is that not a fair question? I mean it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk with liberals out there. It's a serious question. If liberalism is such an effective system, why are people generally fleeing it? I appeared on Hannity last night and I uh, had a debate with Geraldo over this. Well, if liberalism is so great, why are people fleeing liberal cities? If liberalism is so great, why is there a poop map in San Francisco about the locations of human waste that is so densely populated with pins that you can't even see the map underneath Uh. it? Why is L.A. the epicenter for the reemergence of pre-industrial revolution medieval diseases? Why is Baltimore and Chicago becoming the crime capital of the United States? Why are people fleeing these cities? If it works so well, why isn't it working? If it's so wonderful, why are people fleeing it? If liberalism and socialism is such a wonderful option for 2020, why don't the people professing its wonders practice it themselves? Because it's a joke. It's a fraud. And the joke is on you. Let's go to example number one. This gets tweet of the year honors for complete, total lack of self-awareness. Okay. Here's our favorite target on the show, Bernie Sanders, at Bernie Sanders on his Twitter account. This is unbelievable. <laughs> for those of you checking out, if you want to see the video, youtube.com slash budget. I know, Joe, you get the joke already. Here's Bernie's tweet. He's showing a picture of the demonstrations in Hong Kong. Thank God for these uh, demonstrators. We love you. We're behind you here. He says, the demonstrations in Hong Kong are an inspiration to us all. It's the right of all people to protest for a better future. We stand with these brave protesters and call on the Chinese government to refrain from violence. Okay, well said, Bernie. Uh, but folks, Joe, I, I know you get it here. Uh, um, Bernie Sanders is an advocate for socialism yeah. and has actively supported in the past communist revolutions. Yeah. Oh, you don't believe me? Check out this Fox News piece. Here we go. By Sam Dorman, April 24th. Bernie Sanders seen an unearthed 1986 video recalling excitement over Castro's revolution in Cuba. This guy's a communist. There it is. Yeah. It, it's on video. It's not me. It's Bernie's own words. He's a communist. And he's celebrate. Listen, we love the protesters in Hong Kong. You have our full support on this show. Period. But Bernie, (laughs) this guy's a communist. He has actively supported regimes on the other side of the protest. What is he missing here? Bone. I mean, folks, I'm right. I mean, seriously, this guy's got a skull 72 feet thick. (laughs) Does he not understand that he is actively on the other side of this issue? Folks, 
I'm just asking you for a moment if you're a Bernie supporter, please. I'm not done. I got Elizabeth Warren next. So she's another phony in a number of ways. But I'm asking you to just engage in a moment of self-reflection here. This guy will take either side of either issue depending on how he thinks it benefits him electorally. You can't do that if one side of an issue is a principle you believe in. There you go. We believe in low government spending, economic freedom, and low taxes because we believe people spend their money better than the government. We're not going to take the other side of the issue, me or a good conservative, because it's politically convenient. George W. Bush's administration spent a lot of money. It was bad. Obama did it. It was worse. The budgets now are even worse. I don't care who's in charge. Not worse than the Obama administration, but they're bad. It doesn't matter. That's a principle. Liberals don't have principles. You need another data point to back up my assertions here that liberalism is so great, even even liberals don't practice it. Here's Elizabeth Warren, article in Forbes. Big anti-capitalist. She says she's she's a socialist is what she is. How Elizabeth Warren built a $12 million fortune by Michaela Tindera at the Forbes staff, August 20th, 2019. Article will be in the show notes today at Bongino.com. She's worth 12 million. Listen, great, great, awesome job, Elizabeth Warren making money. I mean that. Yeah. Sincerely, nice work. Society revolves around entrepreneurial people using their gifts to make money and produce value. Good for you. The problem is Elizabeth Warren is trying to steal Bernie War- Bernie Sanders, Bernie Warren, Bernie Warren, <laughs> the two headed Bernie monster. Warren's socialist mantle. <laughs> right, right, right. The two, right, the, the two headed Hydra. <laughs> She's trying to steal his socialist mantle and run the far left lane. Remember what I told you? There are three lanes in this Democratic primary and only three lanes. Yeah. I throw all the other analysis out the window. I'm telling you this. I'm sure of it. There's the radical far left lane, the centrist lane, and the outsider lane. The radical far left lane is currently about two candidates. Maybe You may be able to throw in one more, but it's really Liz Warren and Bernie Sanders. Maybe throw Harris in there. Although she's trying to move into the centrist lane, currently occupied almost exclusively by Biden. You have people like Delaney creeping on them a little bit here and there, but that's the second lane. The third lane's the outsider lane. You have Buttigieg, you have Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Bateau, Robert Francis, Bateau O'Rourke. Um, those are the three lanes. Elizabeth Warren is trying to knock Bernie Sanders out by becoming the radical leftist. Ladies and gentlemen, she is espousing all of his economic nonsense. She's a millionaire herself. Now, my question to Elizabeth Warren and her, sp- and her, her sponsors and her, her soon-to-be voters and her supporters, how much is Elizabeth Warren donating voluntarily to the government in additional taxes of her $12 million fortune? Fair question, yeah, no? Good question. Elizabeth Warren alleges, Joe, she mm. has principles. Yes. Her principles are that spending additional government money and government programs yes. are a source of goodwill and value added for society mm-hmm. and that therefore us giving more of our tax money to the government will lead to better, kinder, more compassionate government in the future. So I ask Elizabeth Warren, what is she donating in her $12 million fortune to the government to bring back that more positive future? She could make a real difference. Just donate one twelfth, donate a million in additional tax payments. I will guarantee you the answer is zero. Mm. Why? Because Elizabeth Warren doesn't really believe that. And of course, a simple analogy is conservatives who are very generous with charity, give money to charity, despite not being forced to, 
Why? Because we believe it's going to bring about a more positive future for someone. We do a scholarship program on this show, mm -hmm. uh, not because we're forced to, not because we're looking for any applause or pats on the back. We do it because we think it's going to help someone who needs it and maybe help in our own small way benefit society at large. No one's forcing us to do it. We don't have to be forced to do it because we believe it's a good thing. If Elizabeth Warren thinks government is a good thing, then where exactly is Elizabeth Warren on these voluntarily higher payments to the government? The answer, absolutely nowhere, I assure you. All right, I got a stack show, so let me knock this out too. Um, Kevin McAleen, an acting DHS secretary, gave a press conference just a little bit ago before we started recording the podcast. A big, bold move by the Trump administration. There'll be a piece up at the show notes from the Daily Caller today. It's worth you checking out. Folks, Trump is making big moves on immigration. Uh, this is by Amber Athey. Oh, she's great, by the way, the Daily Caller. Trump administration seeks to terminate Flores settlement, limiting detention of migrant families. Folks, what's going on here? Why does it matter? This will be in the show notes today as well, this article. Right now, we have what's called the Flores Consent Decree. It is not a law. Don't let liberals throw you the curveball when you were expecting the fastball. 10 4. The Flores Consent Decree was a court case where the government consented to this arrangement, this Flores case, that the government would not hold minor children here in the country illegally, would not hold them for more than 20 days, roughly 20 days. Copy? We're good. What happened yeah. with the Flores consent decree? If I, if I lose you, audience ombudsman Joe, stop. I'm with you. What happened is, of course, because liberals, as Thomas Sowell says, and I'll get to this in a second, a little more detail, never think past phase one into phase two. What happened with Flores is the word got out rather quickly, and not just in the Trump administration, but during the prior Obama administration as well, that, wait, wait, okay. So if I bring a kid with me, I enter the country, the United States, illegally. The United States government cannot, by their consent decree in this court case, hold the child more than 20 days. Well, what happened as a result of that? Liberals, of course, who never, ever see past phase one into phase two. They never Remember, we're the deep thinkers. Liberals are surface thinkers only. Mm -hmm. There's a patina of sensible thought. The patina, because once you get beneath it, there is no sensible thought left. They never get past the 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 the, the crust of it of, of sensible thought into the real deeper issues because they can't, because the answers are uncomfortable. Well, what wound up happening is children were being released from custody while parents were being held. Mm -hmm. They weren't being released into the streets, they're being released to family members. And liberals started saying, What, Joe? We're separating yeah, families. Yeah. Oh go. my God. This is right. This yep. is her. How are we separating? Never mentioning, by the way, of course, that the families weren't being separated because we did it. They're being separated because families brought their kids into the country illegally. They were perfectly entitled to showing up at a port of entry and handling the process or asylum claims. They didn't do it. Right. They broke the law. And by the way, when anyone else gets arrested in the United States, uh, I'm pretty sure they don't bring their child to jail with them. I'm just, I'm, I'm, as a cop, I'm 99.9% .9 sure that's actually yeah, how it happens, yeah, okay? You're probably right, yeah. You don't, you don't go, Producer Joe, you're <laughs> under arrest. Go get little Joe out of boot camp and let's bring him to. Oh, man. That's, that, it's probably right, right? <laughs> yeah. That's not, yeah, but that's not how it works. We don't imprison the child as well. Of course, liberals, seeing, knowing they had a soft spot, started making a big stink. We're separating families. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Which happened under Obama, too. What happened then, Joe? Well, of course, because the government caved to, to pressure, which Trump is now changing, mm -hmm. 
they started saying, well, if we're going to release the child after 20 days, Joe, we're going to have to release the parent too. Yes. Uh-huh. According to Flores. Right, right. So then what happened? Again, this is where the deep thought happens and liberals, you can now tune out because again, we're not cracking the crust. You guys get to the crust part and you never get to the volcano. Here's what actually happened. Okay. Everybody around the world, countries around the world, because we're seeing immigrants around the world flow through the southern border now, got word that, hey, if I bring a kid with me who's a minor, then we'll be released from custody after 20 days and poof, in the wind, ah, we'll be gone. The rent-a-child business was So born. what happened yes. then? <laughs> yeah. n- n- right. Yeah. Now, now we're into like phase six. <laughs> we had one phase one, phase two. Liberals stop at phase one. We can't imprison young kids. Okay, what happens then? Forget about what happens then. No, we'll have to think about it because you buffoons won't. Well, what happened then is, of course, people said, well, I don't have any kids, but I want to get into the United States illegally. I got an idea. Let me rent a kid and traffic them across the border. What? what, That just sounds peachy, doesn't it? Yeah, daddy. Hell to the... mm, No, it doesn't. Mm. It sounds pretty darn disgusting because it is. Large percentages of people showing up across the border with their kids, dreaded air quotes, were not their kids. They were trafficking young children across the border because they knew they'd be let out of a detention facility. My gosh. Again, Libs, I understand you're incapable of deep thought. I get it. I'm talking to the reasonable Democrats here and even the rhino Republicans who may be open to persuasion based on facts and data points, this is what actually happened. Upwards of 20, 30% of the people showing up with kids, they weren't their kids. You know how they know? They do a quick DNA test. Give us a cheek swab. Mm-hmm. That's not your kid, brother. That's not your kid. Uh, huh? Really? <laughs> what, you didn't know? You didn't know it wasn't your kid? Really? Give me a break. I just found out. Well, <laughs> shocker. shocker, my gosh, I don't have a kid. You mean that kid I just paid a hundred dollars to a trafficker for to rent. By the way, these kids were being trafficked back and yeah. forth. Trump finally uh, drops the hammer on that today. He, by the way, the lawsuits are going to slow this down from the libs because again, they don't ever think past phase one, but that's an old Thomas soul line. Remember we are on the right side of history. We are not phase one only thinkers. Thomas Sowell says the difference between conservatives and liberals is we always ask the question, then what? Okay, so you're going to let children out after 20 days, then what? Well, then parents are going to bring children because what? Liberals are going to complain about parents being held. Okay, and then what? Well, then parents who don't, uh, par- parents, air quotes, who don't have kids will rent kids to bring across the border to get out after 20 days. Okay, then what? Then people are going to start trafficking children in voluminous numbers to get into the United States illegally. That's the then what, then what, then what we do that liberals never do. Trump is, uh, as of today, is they're discontinuing the Flores policy. And bottom line takeaway before we move on is Trump is now saying, you come here with a kid, we're holding you. And you're staying. There's not going to be a 20-day thing anymore. Of course, liberals will sue. But again, it requires us to make the hard decisions liberals will never make. Hope I sum that up for you. All right, I got a stack show. Got a lot more to get to. All right, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Policy Genius. Listen, if you're shopping for any kind of insurance policy and you're not going to Policy Genius to compare quotes in just two minutes, you're making a big mistake. Visit policygenius.com, policygenius.com. Listen, the days of workplaces offering, uh, these days a lot of workplaces offer pretty nice perks. Snack stations, yoga, 
15 flavors of soda water, yeah. Keurig coffee, even insurance. But while it's nice to have a handful of trail mix and some water that tastes like faint pepper mousse, <laughs> it's not enough to subsist on. And neither is your workplace life insurance. This is where Policy Genius comes in. Policy Genius is the easy way to shop for life insurance online. It can't get any easier. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find the right amount of coverage at the best price. Hey, on a serious note, one of the first things I did when I got a family together and you know we had our children was get life insurance. If you're not getting life insurance, folks, you're making a big mistake. The Policy Genius team can help you. They can help look at your workplace life insurance policy and help you decide what else you might need and what you might not. Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They can help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, and disability insurance too. Check them out, policygenius.com. You can compare quotes in just two minutes. So remember, workplace life insurance policies are like work, workplace snacks. They're better than nothing, but not quite fulfilling enough. Head to policygenius.com today and find out how to supplement your workplace life insurance and how to better protect your family. It's the most important thing you got. Policy Genius, it's like a buffet made of life insurance. And what could be more delicious than that? Good job, Policy Genius. Mm -hmm. We like that. All All right, moving on. So last night, I'm on Hannity last night with uh, Geraldo with the liberal cities thing and John Solomon comes on in the beginning, and I had just received his article about uh, these 10 bombshells that we can expect to see uh, in the Spygate case coming out. Now, I, I'm going to have to go through them in an expeditious yet informative manner, because honest to God, folks, I could spend entire shows on each one of the nuggets in here. This piece, it's that good. I get no commissions off John Solomon's articles or his clicks. I'm simply telling you, you need to go to the show notes today. Bongino.com. If you subscribe to my email list on my website, we'll email you this stuff. I tell you that every day. Please, please read this John Solomon article. It is a roadmap to what is being hidden, what is about to come out, what is devastating, what the revelations are going to be, and it is full of nuggets. Now, Here's a piece. It's called 10 Declassified Russia Collusion Revelations That Could Rock Washington This Fall, John Solomon from Yesterday at the Hill. He appeared on Hannity last night. It was a long appearance. It was about five minutes plus. I can't play the whole thing because I want to go through the piece. But I want to play for you one nugget from it in the beginning that I had heard about and had been kind of filtering its way around. But Solomon's sources are impeccable. He's been all over this case. Something he's hearing about Christopher Steele giving information to the FBI, but the FBI giving something back to Christopher Steele? Play this cut. Yeah. Let's I'm go over one by one. Absolutely. Uh, I think the first one is a form called the 1032. We don't talk about it. It's an FBI form, but it's the official documentation of what the FBI and Christopher Steele exchanged with each other. We've always focused on what did Christopher Steele give the FBI? But I'm told that these documents show the FBI may have given Christopher Steele sensitive information in briefing him on the investigation, maybe even disclosed the existence of the crossfire hurricane operation, which could potentially have gotten back to his ultimate employer, Hillary Clinton the Democratic National Committee raises some real concerns about the control of information that the FBI had when when working with Steele. Wait. What did you say? Let me let me get this straight. Um you know what I, I I have a little in my notebook here. I have a little summary of these 10 pieces at the end that I promise you is going to be 
the best three sentences you've ever heard on Spygate that will sum up how devastating what Solomon just said is. So let's be clear on this. Solomon is telling us that his sources are indicating that not only was the FBI using a discredited, uncorroborated, lying source in Christopher Steele to spy on a presidential campaign and an administration, a presidential administration, but they were giving the source back in for sensitive classified information too. Oh, and by the way, the source isn't even a U.S. citizen. He's a foreign intel person. Oh, oh okay. I, I'm doing you a disservice because I'm not even telling you how bad this really is. Let's go to point number one from Solomon's piece, which is this nugget of information. This was the biggest bombshell I said. Again, you're not going to hear about this anywhere on the mainstream media. Outside of Hannity's show, Levin, and the excellent work of Jeff Carlson and a, a bunch of Chuck Ross and people on Twitter, and uh, you're not going to hear this anywhere else. Here's number one from the Hill. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it basically says what he just told you. Here's just point number one from the bombshells coming. That basically, it would, he says, it would be a huge discovery if the FBI fed Trump Russia intel to steal in the midst of an election, especially when his oppo research client was Trump's opponent, Hillary Clinton and the DNC. Folks, why is this important? Paul, if you wouldn't mind throwing up that New York mag piece. Folks, you think a classified information, that a piece of classified information that they're investigating a presidential campaign for colluding with foreigners would be damaging to someone politically? You think? Keep that up a second. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Yeah, just keep that up. You're running for president, me versus Joe Armacost, yeah. and a story breaks on November 1st of 2016, as we can see in New York Magazine's intelligence section, that an October surprise reveals FBI is probing Trump's alleged Russia ties by Margaret Hartman. Ladies and gentlemen, this is seven days before the election. Yeah. This is a little, this is a week before the election. A bomb drops that the other campaign may be a Russian colluder. You think that may be slightly injurious to a campaign? Where did they get that info from? So now you're telling me that Solomon has information. By the way, I'm hearing the same thing that the bureau that's supposed to be engaged in a one way street operation, one way, mm-hmm. steal information goes to FBI. It's not supposed to be two ways. You're not supposed to feed back information to steal. What the heck were they telling him? They told him they had a classified investigation, counterintelligence investigation going on against Donald Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, God forbid with a capital F that that information about the existence of the investigation into Trump that leaked to New York Mag and the, was it the New York Times as well? God forbid that came from Fusion GPS, who was employing Christopher Steele, and Steele got it from the FBI. You want to talk about election collusion and interference with a foreigner? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Folks, I don't need to hyperbolically sell any of this. 
you know, shock and awe campaigns or whatever. The outrageousness, the imbecility of this, the shocking nature that speaks for itself when you digest in simple, small nuggets what I just told you. Now does it make sense why the Democrats keep hopelessly clinging to this talking point that we, and F, Jim Comey mm. too, by the way, yeah. from the former director of the FBI, we didn't leak the existence of the Trump probe before the election. No, no, the guy you told, the foreign spy paid by Hillary Clinton to gather information on Trump. No, maybe he did it. Oh, well, how would he get that? Oh, we told him. You see the word games they play? Oh, yeah. You getting this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't leak right. it. We just told Steele. Well, did he leak it? Because then you leaked it to Steele. Steele wasn't Steele's investigation. It was the FBI's. Do you understand how damaging this is? The FBI's entire argument, Baker, Comey, McCabe, Stroke, Page, all of them, the FBI's price step, all of them, their entire argument that they didn't impact the U.S. election goes out the window completely. Folks, just one more point, because I've got nine more of these to get to. I, this is that good of a piece. Rare, I, I sent Paula all 10 screenshots this morning from mm. the piece. I rarely do that. She was like working furiously to get the show out on time. But just one more note on number one, because you may say, you know, I don't want to, I'm not patting myself on the back, but as a former law enforcement guy, I just want to lend you a bit of my own personal expertise in this. You may be saying to yourself now, it may be obvious to some, not to others. Well, why is feeding back information to a source a problem? Um, fair question. Okay. But think, think this through. I'll give you a real world example. The Whitey Bulger case. Whitey Bulger was an infamous, uh, Boston area mobster. Mm -hmm. uh, he's since passed. Uh, uh, but Bulger was an FBI informant for a long time. There was information being fed. The FBI agent handling him got in a lot of trouble for this. Back to Bulger, who was using the information, sensitive information fed back to him to engage in more criminality in the area. Right snuff out opponents. You don't give information to a source. You just don't do it. In a CI case, even worse, counterintelligence case. Why would you give information back to a source to help the source when the source is supposed to be helping you? The source is supposed to be providing you the input. To verify the source, you're supposed to be verifying his information, not giving him a cheat sheet to then go back and say, hey, I heard this from the FBI. Here's a nugget of information you can use to spy on Trump. And then the FBI goes, hey, that's really great stuff. Our source is authentic. No, he's not. He got the information from you, which you got from someone else. You, you dig? Mm -hmm. Please tell me this makes sense. No, we're cool, man. If I tell the source, hey, another source, source D, told me that uh. Bobby robbed the bank. And then Simpson, excuse me, Steele comes back and says, hey, I heard Bobby robbed the bank. Wow, look, it's, his information's verified. This source is he's absolutely uh. correct. Because he told us what we already know. No, no, he told you what you already know because you told him. <laughs> it's a one-way street, not the deuce. And you don't expose the existence of a classified in, uh, intelligence investigation against a presidential candidate. 
Oh, man, is this bad. All right, I spent a lot of time on number one, but it's important. Yeah. So let's move to number two because they get easier. Number two from the Solomon piece. The House Intel interviews. Here's a big bombshell here. This is about to come out. Bombshell number two. The House Intel interviewed key players in the Russia probe and asked the DNI to declassify those interviews. He says there are several big reveals, I'm told, including the first evidence that a lawyer tied to the Democratic National Committee had Russia-related contacts at the CIA. Oh, Oh. boy, is this going to be just special. This is going to be peachy. Now, um, based on some information received, that lawyer could, could be Sussman, working with the DNC, who we know had a relationship with James Baker at the FBI, who was a key figure in approving these FISA things. So now again, we have a lawyer at the DNC, a political party, not an investigative body, not a law enforcement operation, certainly not an intelligence operation. We have a, a lawyer working for a political party in a presidential campaign. We know is piping information to the FBI because the FBI has already admitted it. We also may have some evidence now. This may be the guy feeding information to our intelligence agencies, too. Oh, boy. Wow. Isn't that great? Mm. Now we've got political candidates working with our central intelligence agency and our law enforcement operation to spy on their opposition. This is just great. This makes this makes Cuba look like the, the you know, the the, fr- the God given rights capital of the known universe. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I want to. I got to move on because I want to yeah. get to my summary because my summary on this is going to be so damning. There's no turning back. So just to, to, to tell you where we're going, tell you what you're going to tell you, tell you, and then tell you what I told you. Yeah. So now we know Steele was getting information back from the FBI while giving it to them, contaminating his information. We know a Democrat lawyer is piping information to the CIA and the FBI. Number three. Apparently, there's some information in the Halper documents. This one, I don't even know what the bigger bombshell is in this. Seriously. The Stefan Halper documents, number three. Get a load of this part. It's quoting Solomon. My, this is, a, this is unbelievable, folks. I'm not overselling this. My sources tell me there may be other documents showing Halper continued working his way to the top of the Trump transition and administration eventually reaching senior advisors like Peter Navarro inside the White House in the summer of 2017. Why? Wait, come again with that? Now, this has been written about before, to be fair to other writers out there, but again, Solomon, whose sources are impeccable, is seeming to confirm what's been out in the public space for a while now. That Stefan Halper, a U.S. intelligence asset sent to spy on the Trump team. Spy. That's right, Libs. Spy. S-P-Y. S-P-I and Joe Biden language. <laughs> that this spy was not only spying on the Trump campaign, but in 2017, when Trump is the president, is still working on the administration and the transition team? <laughs> Verdict is in. The Obama administration engaged in the biggest political spying campaign in U.S. history that continued after Obama even left office. Guilty as charged. We don't know. Reminds me of Scarecrow. In, in the <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what are we reading here? Yeah. We're reading here that these, a spy working on behalf of the United States intel community to spy on a presidential campaign also may have been working... To plumb the administration uh, and the campaign and the and, and the transition. 
Uh, yeah, this is hard hard to hear. I, it, it is. It, of course it is. <laughs> uh, all right, I want to get through the rest of these. I'm almost afraid to listen. <laughs> you should be. Yeah. Uh, folks, th- please share this show. Yeah. All you Redditors out there who, please, you guys are the best and ladies. Share the show because you all need to hear this. Number four. Apparently, there's an email chain, an October 2016 FBI email chain that's about to come out. And in that email chain, Solomon says, his sources say it will show exactly what concerns the FBI knew about and discuss with DOJ about using Steele's dossier and other evidence to support a FISA warrant targeting the Trump campaign. This is an easy one. Excuse me. So now we have apparently an email chain of FBI and DOJ officials who have told us Steele was a verified, authenticated source, Joe, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, emailing each other about how his information is not verified and how they have concerns about it. Easy enough to understand. Mm-hmm. Number five, this one we've talked about on the show, but again, confirmed by Solomon sources. We now know that there may be Carter Page and George Papadopoulos exculpatory statements, transcripts, and recordings of George and, and Carter Page saying on tape they are not involved in Russian collusion. Kind of a big deal when you're charging people with Russian collusion. As he indicates here in this piece here, again, this is takeaway number five. This is takeaway number five in my signal. Got to give the bat signal there. That another of Nunes's five buckets, these documents purport to show that the two Trump aides were recorded telling undercover assets or captured in intercepts, insisting on their innocence. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, kind of a big deal if you're being accused of robbing a bank and you're on tape swearing you didn't rob the bank and you were in Hawaii when the bank was robbed in California. Maybe kind of a big deal, Joe. Uh, Just throwing that out there, by the way, for our liberal friends. Mm. Yeah, they don't care by their police state hooligans and tyrants. They don't really care. But yes, if you're on tape saying you didn't commit a crime, it may be something the court would want to hear about. Just guessing there. Number six, the Gang of Eight briefings we discussed at length in yesterday's show. Mm-hmm. Or was it the day before? I don't know. I'm losing track of time. By the way, thanks to mm-hmm. audience archivist Judy for uncovering my Antifa thing. Apparently, it go, Antifa, anti-First Amendment goes back to 2018, Joe. Ah. <laughs> she nailed it. Here, All right, it was a while. Here's number six. Yeah, it was a while. We've been talking about that for a long time. The Gang of Eight briefing materials. Even worse. Now we not only know the FBI is emailing each other and the DOJ about how their information from Steele stinks. Apparently, there's a briefing manual they handed out to the Gang of Eight showing that there were numerous shortcomings in the information provided by Steele indicating that Trump colluded with the Russians when, in fact, the information being used was garbage. Uh, What's the issue there? The issue there is now we know the CIA... The FBI, the DOJ, and the Gang of Eight intel community all knew this information had serious issues. Kind of a problem, no, folks? All right, I got seven, eight, nine, and 10. Let me just get to our last sponsor because I want to run through this because I want to give you my summary, which I hope you like because I took a while to write this this morning. It was like me writing kind of poetry, which I'm not very good at. Finally, today's show brought to you by our favorite dog food company out there, Ollie. Go to myolly.com slash try slash Bongino for the best 
dog food out there. You know, I'm hesitant to call it dog food. It's really food because humans can eat it too. I'm not kidding. It is human grade quality food. I mean, if you cut up a steak and eat it and you hand something to your dog, it's not dog food. It's just food. The fact that this food is really good and goes for your dog is the only reason we even call it dog food. Your dog's health is as important as every other member of your family. And it starts with what you feed them. What do we feed our dogs, baby and Linda? Look at these two. Look up, folks, just go to YouTube.com slash Bongino. Look at these two beauties. Come on. 11 years old. Look at that. That's baby on the right and Linda on the left. Look at them. Look how good they look. Those nice dark eyes and those shiny coats. Why? Because we give them Ollie, and Ollie puts dogs first with vet-formulated recipes and fully transparent ingredients to give your dog the healthiest food possible. Even smiling. Ollie makes fresh meals for dogs with real ingredients people can eat. It's food you give to your dogs. It's not dog food, right? There's a difference. And delivers them to you on a regular schedule. They beat out store-bought dog food at 10 to 1 on the palatability scale. What does that mean? It means it tastes good and it's healthy and dogs love it. Because they create customized, vet-formulated recipes. Nice, made with all natural ingredients, no preservatives, and sourced from U.S. farms. Go to myolly.com slash try, T-R-Y, slash Bongino. It's important. Get the website, myolly.com slash try slash Bongino. Answer a few questions about your dog. They'll customize recipes for your dog and ship pre-portioned meals so your pup gets the perfect portion every time. They've delivered 5 million meals. If your dog doesn't like them, send them back. You never will. Your dog's going to love them. Your dog will eat the whole thing just like that. Ollie's offering our listeners 60% off your first box plus a free bag of treats at myolly.com slash try slash Bongino. That's the best deal they have available anywhere. MyAlley.com slash try slash Bongino. 60% off plus a free bag of treats spelled my O-L-L-I-E dot com slash try slash Bongino. We love MyAlley.com slash try slash Bongino. All right, moving on. Takeaway number seven in the 10 expectant bombshells is from Solomon's piece, the steel spreadsheet. We've discussed this on the show before as well, but again, Solomon seems to confirm the existence of it based on his sources. This is just spectacular. So John Solomon writes, I recently (laughs) wrote that the FBI kept this spreadsheet. Oh, wow. Isn't that great? On the accuracy and reliability of every claim in the steel dossier. Okay, Joe, uh, keep that up. Yeah, Yeah. So, you know, they have a spreadsheet. Yeah. They said Steele was great. He was a terrific source and all his information was verified. So we'd assume that on that spreadsheet, it says verified, verified, verified. Eh, wrong. <laughs> According to John's sources, it showed that as much as 90%, not 9, not 0.9, um, not 89, 90% of the claims Steele made could not be corroborated, were debunked, or turned out to be open source internet rumors. A document he recently reviewed showed the FBI described Steele's information as only minimally corroborated and the Bureau's confidence in him is, quote, medium. Wow, folks. Jeez. Again, another um, Moab, mother of all bombs, <laughs> dumped on the battlefield that you won't hear anywhere in the media. And again, these don't seem like really revelatory things sometimes because you're like, why isn't everybody covering it? Because the media was part of the scam. Of course, they're not going to tell you what's going on. So just to be clear, what number seven said, the takeaway, there is a spreadsheet indicating that Steele's, uh, 90% of Steele's claims were not true or could not be corroborated at all. And yet they stamped a big fat verified on the Woods file for the FISA warrant using Steele's information. Remember, don't forget this. You may say, well, what is Steele's information? What if it was only a small part of the dossier? No, 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 no. 
the deputy director of the FBI, Andy McCabe, who was one of the head head honchos in charge of this case, has already said on the record the FISA warrant would not have existed without the Steele information. Yeah. So there's no backing That's out right. of that. Yeah, I remember He's that. already acknowledged that. Yep, 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 yep. He has said that. Yep. We've mentioned it on the show repeatedly. Yep. So uh, McCabe's already acknowledged Steele's information was the core of the FISA. The FBI is a spreadsheet and a set of emails acknowledging that the information was garbage. Eight's a simple one. Apparently, Bill Barr, the DOJ, and the people looking into this have interviewed Christopher Steele. It's clear, he says, from the documents that have already been forced into public view by lawsuits that Steele admitted in the fall of 2016 that basically his motivations were political. So we'll see what this interview says. That's a pretty simple one. If Steele acknowledged again that his motivations were political, ladies and gentlemen, we have a big problem. Again, we were told this was not a political hit, Joe. We were told this was what? An intelligence hit. Yeah. That we had an intelligence hit on Trump colluding with the Russians. Yeah. That's not what Christopher Steele said. Na, 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 na. Liar, liar. Okay. Pants on fire for Pinocchios. Number nine. The third FISA. I was hoping you wouldn't care. I was hoping Paula would put that number nine up quicker so my itch in my head wouldn't get, but it didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) I had a little scratch there. There it is. Scratch and itch. (laughs) That itch a scratch. Number nine, the redacted sections of the third FISA renewal application. That's the last FISA. We've mentioned this on the show. Why is this so damning? We've talked about this fourth FISA. That's the one, again, signed by then Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein from Solomon's Peace. It's the one FISA application that the House GOP members have repeatedly asked to be released. And Solomon's told that the big reveal in the currently redacted sections of the application is that it contained both misleading information and evidence of intrusive tactics used by the government to infiltrate Trump's orbit. Let me declassify that for you. Let me translate that into, I need a Solomon translator too sometimes. I'll work on it. He's a great writer. I'd, I'd love John. You know that. He does fantastic work. But he's holding back some stuff. I'm telling you, Solomon knows the whole thing. I've been saying that from the start. Two takeaways from that. Number one, as I've told you from a unimpeachable source on my side, the FBI in January, before the last January of 2017, before that last FISA renewal is signed, interviewed one of Steele's alleged Russian sources. I say alleged because Steele said a lot of things. No one even knows mm-hmm. what's true. But Steele indicated, follow me here, Joe and EJ is the ombudsman, right? Mm-hmm. Steele told the FBI this information about Trump colluding with the Russians came from these Russian sources. Uh-huh. The FBI got a hold of one of them, interviewed that individual, deemed him to be entirely untrustworthy. Okay. That information was written up and passed to Jim Comey, who knows about it. Okay. Folks, that was January. The last FISA is renewed into the spring and summer of that year in 2017. January, February, March, April, May, June. Yes. They already know. Hence Solomon talking, Joe, about, quotes, misleading mm-hmm. information in that FISA. Mm-hmm. I think, trying to engage in Solomon speak here to figure out what he's saying based on my sources i think that's what he's referencing that the fbi already knew the information in that renewal was false they interviewed the source Mm -hmm. you dig Mm -hmm. secondly when he talks about 
it'll expose the level of infiltration into the uh, Trump operation. I think what he's talking about harps back to Halper's continued work during the transition and the Trump administration to get into the Trump orbit. Folks, think about mm-hmm. how insane what I just told you is. That a U.S. government spy is spying on a presidential transition team and an administration potentially here? This is serious Castro, Kim Jong-un stuff. Yeah. Finally, if you're a regular listener, this one's not really a bombshell, but we'll bring it up. Number 10, records of allies' assistance. Multiple sources have said a handful of U.S. allies overseas, possibly Great Britain, Australia, and Italy, were asked to assist FBI efforts to check on Trump connections to Russia. Um, Folks, again, that's not mysterious. We've told you that forever. Um, CNN's already reported on it. The fact that a, a major bombshell in and of itself, but we said it so many times on the show, is nothing really shocking anymore. Yeah. The Obama administration clearly used U.S. Uh, uh, excuse me, foreign spies to spy on Trump because they couldn't because of U.S. laws against spying on American citizens. Again, in any ordinary sane world, that would be page one of the New York Times, Washington Post, and on every media outlet elsewhere. But because the media are hacks and were involved in the conspiracy to spy on Trump, none of this really matters, which is really gross in and of itself. Okay, I wrote up this summary, and I rarely do this and read from the... I only, you can see it here. Um, I always kind of put... Paul is always like, don't put that up, but if you write something weird on there and people screenshot, there's not that weird on it. Um, I rarely write summaries because I don't... I just like my show is my show because it's extemporaneous and from the heart. I put bullet points down. But I wanted to write this up because I want to summarize what you've just been told. And I want you to listen to this. I'm going to read it slow. So here's what we know now. We know an unreliable, uncorroborated source was giving and receiving info from the FBI while the Democrat National Committee staff, Hillary Clinton, and U.S. spy assets worked to produce information on the Trump team, yet produced exculpatory evidence also in conjunction with foreign governments spying on the Trump team. And it was all signed off on by U.S. law enforcement, our intelligence community, and Congress that was briefed on it. Listen, self-praise stinks, but that's about the best, uh, I don't know, 30-word summation of Spygate I can produce. Foreign spy, in conjunction with the DNC, took information for the FBI, gave information to the FBI, and in conjunction with the media, attacked the Trump team all under the watchful eye of our central intelligence agency, foreign spy assets, U.S. spy assets, law enforcement, and Congress that all knew about it. Devastating. Absolutely 1,000% devastating information. All right. Um, Mm. I'm going to get to this story. I'm hesitant to get into the the yield curve, but it's important because of the economy. But this is important about Facebook, folks. I'm going to move on. Um, The Facebook nonsense never ends. Facebook, uh, can I just ask you a favor, folks? You know I don't like to do that, but if you wouldn't mind going to my Facebook page, liking my page, it's the blue checkmark page. Paula, what is it? Facebook.com? Dan.Bongino. Please like the page. Facebook has just crushed our page because they just hate conservatives. We were getting tremendous traffic, adding Mm. thousands of followers, sometimes in a day. Uh, They've crushed us. So Facebook is horrible. They just stink. Um, 
But this story should bother you. It's up at Breitbart. Apparently, they're hiring a bunch of, this is hysterical, Joe, seasoned journalists. Here's a piece, <laughs> Lucas Nolan, in the show notes. Please read it. Facebook is hiring corporate media veterans to manually curate the, quote, news tab. What's going on yes. here? It's from the piece. Yeah. Of course, because Facebook cannot possibly have people picking their own news sources. Facebook is now hiring what they call, quote, seasoned journalists, as we can see in the snippet from the piece, uh, to curate a plan news tab feature. The news tab, a quote, is reportedly an effort by Facebook to restore some credibility to the site's news feed, which it believes has become inundated with fake news and clickbait. This is absolutely hysterical in the context. Yeah of that dynamic closing we had on yesterday's show where we just proved to you finally that the New York Times is a conspiracy theory blog and not a news site anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So let's be clear on this. We were victims of this. They crushed, crushed our page, Facebook, because they're horrible. And I'm, I'm seriously considering just dropping Facebook all because they, they're just so bad. It's such an awful horrible entity i may keep a personal page for family and friends but just to professionally it's a waste of my time i don't need them anymore yeah. and it's just an awful horrible terrible company um i sold their stock a long time ago because i don't think there's any future in alienating 50 percent of the country it is an anti-conservative anti-republican just liberal activist site that's all they do they target conservatives repeatedly and lie about it so what are they doing now? They're hiring, quote, seasoned journalists to curate a news tab. What does that really mean? And what is Facebook yeah. really doing? What's that mean, man? What they're going to do is hire people who are liberal journalists themselves no. to then go in and basically show up on this new news tab. And here's the articles they think you want to see, not articles you actually right. want to see. So what are you going to get, Joe? You're going to get NPR. You're going to get. New York Times, yeah. you're going to get Washington Post. You may say, well, what's the problem with that? <laughs> what's the problem what? with that? Are you serious? <laughs> That's hilarious because they're talking about clickbait fake news stories. These are literally, not figuratively, yeah. the purveyors of the three biggest myths we've seen in modern times during the Trump administration. The triple R's, we're calling them now. <laughs> Russian collusion, yeah. a hoax. The Trump is a racist story, a hoax. And now a recession is coming next week. Another hoax. They have no idea. It may come. Huh. Man, they have no idea. There's no indicators that's going to happen. And don't miss tomorrow's show. I'm going to get to why. I was going to talk about the yield curve today. I know it sounds like a, a relatively bland. It's not. No, it's, it's a lot of economic voodoo and mysticism about the yield curve. The Democrats, oh my gosh, it inverted. There's a recession coming. That None of the other signs are saying that. And I'm going to tell you why tomorrow. But this is important. The New York Times, the Washington Post, NPR, these were big purveyors of the biggest hoax in modern times. They've done nothing to expose the biggest political scandal in modern times, Spygate. They've done everything, colluding with the Democrats and others, to make sure you believe the hoax. And yet, according to Breitbart, Facebook is hiring some of these seasoned journalists to curate a news tab to use those sites which have been lying to you for two years now. Again, Zero sense of self-reflection whatsoever, just like Bernie uh, tweeting us in support of uh, the Hong Kong protesters, despite the fact that he's a communist. No self-reflection at all. All right. I mean, really, folks, I don't know what to tell you, but we need a serious competitor to these social media companies. Yeah. I know there are a lot of them out there. I'm on Parler now, too. I'm hoping it takes off. But let's be honest. Right now, it's just hard. They seem to have the crowd effect. 
We have they, they got a they are horrible. They hate conservatives, and there's no business model future long term by doing this. All right, thanks again. Again, I'll be on Hannity on Friday. Appreciate it. Please set your DVRs if you don't mind. I really appreciate that. And big thanks to everybody who picked up my good friend Matt Palumbo. He writes on our site that debunk this articles where he debunks liberal myths. You drove Matt's book to the best. He was a number one bestseller right. in his category yesterday, launch of his new book, Debunk This, where he debunks a series of liberal lies. It's a must-have before the election so you can debate your liberal friends. He was number one yesterday in his category, and that is exclusively thanks to you. You're the best audience out there, hands down. All right, thanks for tuning in. Don't miss tomorrow's show. Again, we'll attack that uh, the economy's in recession nonsense. Total garbage. Don't believe it. I'll see you all. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen.